What is going on, everybody? I am your co-host, Brian, and you are listening to another episode of After School on the Distracted Podcast. The person that we're going to be talking to today is none other than our co-host, Dan. He's going to share a little bit about experience in life between South Korea as an international student and how the cultural influence played into how he decided to land his career path. You're going to hear about how he made a deliberate decision to pick what is a stereotypically practical profession rather than following his individual personal interests. And you're going to hear about what life events influenced his decisions and how he made his decision based on some of the values that he carries along with where things could be going. And I hope you all enjoy the episode. The Distract Head Podcast. Distract Head. Oh, it's Distract It is the Distract Head Podcast. Okay. So, Dan, tell us your story. Hello. What's going on, man? My story. Um, I've got quite a, quite a history. I've been, I was born in New York. And I lived in New Jersey. My memory pretty much starts in Jersey. Uh, moved to Korea because of my dad's job. When did that happen? Uh, right at at the beginning of middle school. So right when I finished oh, elementary okay. school, fifth grade, we moved. Um, and uh, middle school, high school was all in Korea. Uh, then came back for college. So tell us about that. Like when you went, okay, so your English was probably your, your predominant... Um, your English was probably your main language then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when I moved to Korea, I went to an, a, a foreign school, so like an American school. And so English was was the primary language in school as well. So oh. I, I, I keep it up. And you know, mostly Korean was used at home and around town when we're hanging out and stuff like that. And it, no, I improved. I actually improved a lot in Korean after I moved to Korea. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I was able to keep up with English because school school was all in English. That's actually that's kind of interesting. Like, so is your Korean speaking skill? Um, is your Korean speaking skill like native and writing? <laughs> oh hell, not anymore. It was it was when I lived there, uh, and I can still write and I can still read, and my vocabulary is it's, it's definitely better than my wife's. But she, no. her accent's better than mine. I see. So she sounds like she's better at Korean, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know a lot of like advanced vocabulary. I so, see. so when we, we got we got married in Korea, and so because we were in the U.S. and our wedding was in Korea, we had to hire a wedding planner local to help like set things up for us. Yeah. And like the contract and everything I was able to do, like I was able to read, um, like redline that contract or ask any questions and stuff like that. So my Korean's good enough to to understand Korean language to that level. Mm. And, and, you know, so one of my previous companies actually sent me to Korea because we had a couple projects. Mm. Um, I had to meet with a bunch of companies by myself and, the meetings were in Korean. So I, I thought I was like, fuck, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, free trip to Korea. I'll see my parents. Like, sure. Like, I'll try yeah. my best. 
but it, it wasn't bad. Like I was able to do it surprisingly. So like my vocabulary, I think is is good enough.、Mm-hmm. But I've forgotten a lot, you know, because I moved back here after like starting college, and I haven't、mm-hmm. lived in Korea since. And I've noticed, I, I forgot a lot. I writing, I have to rethink things,、mm. and I definitely lost my Korean accent. Like I, I have Wait, the, a, like I, I speaking Korean. I used、oh, to sound native, but、mm. now you can tell I'm I'm not. Whereas my、Got、wife,、it. like she she sounds pretty native, like you. You can't really tell unless you have like a long conversation with her, and、mm-hmm. like a word will come up, and she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that happens to me a lot <laughs> with a lot of words. <laughs> yeah,、um, I used to get made fun of because like I relearned, like kind of relearned Korean, like、mm-hmm. in the corporate world, and the way yeah, I was、yeah. speaking Korean was like super formal. And、uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife's、uh-huh. friends, friends would be like, "Why do you talk like that? Why does your Why does your husband talk like that? It's weird." <laughs> like he's like. Uh, yeah, so that actually reminds me. I remember、yeah. um, so college. I mean, pretty much, you know, when we were in college together, like we, I, I never used Korean, right? We we、mm. didn't, we barely hung out with people that would need any, like, yeah, justify using Korean. Yeah, and then my first few years, you know, working after college, I, I didn't hang out. I mostly hung out with actually non Asians for in the beginning.、Mm-hmm. Like、I had a tough time making Asian friends because I'm, I'm just working, yeah. And all my coworkers were weren't Asian, yeah. So I didn't use any. I I was using Korean once a week for an hour to talk to my parents, and like I took a trip back to Korea, and I was hanging out with my Korean friends where we mix Korean and English,、mm. like like my、um, high school friends that still live there. And I didn't get any of the jokes, or like the humor. I still don't like, like the slang they use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like、oh, yeah. Say yeah, a joke, like right? It's, it's like yeah, e- either the words or it'll be a joke. But the joke is, they're not telling a joke. They're like saying some. They're saying something in a funny way. But、mm-hmm. the only way to get it is to get. Oh gosh, what's the word? You know, like Family Guy. When you yeah, used yeah. to watch that, the only way to get it is to understand. Like you got to know the context of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like、socially. local context. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like that, or you need to know, like some kind of popular joke that's going around that's from like some Korean TV show. Yeah. Right, and I I just didn't get it. So I was at that point, I was like, oh man, I need to, I need to start watching Korean like variety shows. So I started watching Korean variety shows when I came back to the U.S. Is that how you got into it? Because I yeah, remember, that's, like, that's how I got and, into it. Oh, I see. And Danny and、uh, one of our other friends, Danny,、um, like, he used to tell us,、uh, or he used to tell me, like, if you want to learn Korean, read read uh, uh, comic books or, or like the Korean comic books. And I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I thought it was like kind of weird. That's actually <laughs> that's how I learned to read faster. And and how I learned some of the vocabulary was when I was in Korea. I started reading comic books,、mm. and that helped me pick up a lot of Korean. And that actually helped me write too. It just it taught me a lot of vocabulary by by reading comic books, yeah, like Dragon Ball, Naruto. Yeah, it's it's like 
it's it's interesting because you would think, right? Like the general assumption is that if you have you know, if you're associated with some ethnicity, then you're going to be able to like speak the language of the motherland yeah. or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Um, and you even went to international school, but you weren't exposed to Korean the way that I would imagine, right? Because my yeah, assumption yeah. is that my assumption is that you went back to Korea, so why the fuck wouldn't you be learning everything yeah. in Korean? Um, exactly. So it's interesting to hear that like everything that you learned in school itself was in English, was like the culture I, I don't know if you have anything to compare it to but like was the culture of school similar to because korean culture school from what i understand is very like authoritarian oh, militaristic and like you gotta go and you have to do the things and you're like super competitive on trying to get like best grades and all that sort of stuff like on a different level than what you see in the u.s but like like it's not a question of whether or not you should it's like you have to <laughs> right uh, but yeah was yeah. that culture still the same too there i mean that's that's a really interesting question because it was a combination so the school program was based on american high school like american school so like even the grades like in korea elementary school is from first grade to sixth grade but in the U.S., it's first grade to fifth grade, and mm. middle school is sixth to eighth, right? So it was based on the U.S. Yeah. program, and the classes were very similar. We had AP classes. They offered AP classes that you actually get credit for, and you can use, get credit in in college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the teachers were mostly, like ninety nine percent of the teachers were foreigners, and and like they made a rule where you know you have to use english now socially the kids though like we would all use like the koreans would sometimes use korean with each other mm-hmm. and and some of my friends there like not many of them but there were people who never lived in the us they went to foreign school their whole lives why like, like why why would they do that cuz it it was considered elite then you know what i mean oh, it's a private yeah, school right yeah, and that's, that's where true. that Korean culture competitiveness comes in. Mm. You got to send your kid to the best school, mm. and it's like private foreign school is like the elite school, which will let you get into a foreign university. And that's what you did. I mean, <laughs> is I, that the perception I, of what the perception of what it is that you did was seen that way? Well, so so here's the thing: my parents were weren't really like that. I I, I had pretty. Comparably, I had chill parents. <laughs> it's a comparable. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they're like if, if you if you compare them, like if I compare them to some of like tiger parents, the, the much, white yeah. parents. Yeah, they they weren't as tiger. Yeah, yeah. Right. They they weren't as tiger parents, and they weren't as strict. Mm-hmm. Um, In comparison, my, how would you see white parents then? Like American, no, some some parents. of my friend friends like white parents mm-hmm. like. They, I mean, I, I, I also have white friends whose parents are more tiger parents than my parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. like they're pretty, they have their fair share, but, um, you know, like white parents are more, I guess, independent learning in a ways versus mm. do this because you have to more like do this because this is what it will do for you. 
So mm. we had it, it was interesting, and I don't know if it's because they were the teachers' kids, but you know those teachers had children that went to that school, right? Because mm. the teachers work there, so they have to bring their kids with them. Yeah, and because it's mostly foreign teachers, like these are foreign kids, and they were our peers, and I was in class with them and stuff like that. And I mean, it's not like I'm in their homes, but it's definitely like. We would, my friends, like the Korean friends, you know, we share like, oh man, if I don't do this, like my mom's gonna kill me, right? Like, it's it's fear driving mm-hmm. some of the some of the reason to do work. Yeah, I feel like it. it, it that was like the primary driver. <laughs> it, 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 like I, 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 yeah, the stereotype is like that. And there yeah, were yeah. many kids, and I can say I, I can think of friends who weren't in that environment, mm. but many were. Like I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Where I, I don't ever recall hearing that from any of the teachers, like the white. Yeah. And they got, they did well. Mm. Like they did well in school. Yeah. Right. And they would just take care of what they need to take care of. Yeah. That's something interesting to be said about intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation and, and like the, the style of learning, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and because it might've been, my parents weren't as strict. I never had a curfew. Mm. I got horrible grades. (laughs) I got horrible grades in school. Yeah, I was definitely like in the the bottom percentile, but there was a period where I'd bring my report card home. They would just, you know, standard yell at me. I get in trouble, maybe spankings, holding my hands up in the corner for a few. How how old were you when when this was happening? (laughs) Uh, So I started getting bad grades when I moved to Korea. Because uh, I, I struggled to adapt sure. yeah. initially. And, and yeah. you know, my I, I will say that, that might be a stereotype Korean thing. Like, my parents didn't know how to deal with that. Mm. Right? Like, I, I actually got bullied my first year. And, and I remember, I'll never forget, like, I came home. Mm. And my mom was, like, pissed off about something. It was probably, like, homework related. Yeah. And I, like, I, I exploded. I was like, you don't even know what I'm like going through. I'm like, I'm getting bullied. Mm. Mom didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like she didn't know what to say. Mm. So like we just ended the conversation. Like, like that's awkward. She just stopped yelling at me. Uh huh. And, we, and then just walked away. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, yeah. Like, uh, end conversation. Yeah. End conversation. He's like, uh, and tap me on the shoulder. Like, all right. <laughs> that's actually, that's actually still, I, I feel like that though is still by, by, by your typical standards yeah, like, right? during yeah, those right? days too. Uh, like, yeah, that's actually a pretty understanding response. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. My, because my, my parents told me not to fight and yeah. I mean, how can you not dude? Like there's, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta, you gotta like, what's you just stand there and take it like you can't just stand there and take it so my whole thing was just don't get in trouble (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. but uh and it's funny because uh 
the guy who was a bully, mm. we became really good friends. <laughs> like, That's fu- yeah, I yeah. It's, like later I've, on. I've Weird experiences like that. Yeah, yeah later sure. on. But but anyways, like th- that's what it was like in the beginning. Yeah. And you know they, but eventually my parents gave up on the yelling, like the scolding, because mm-hmm. it wasn't like doing anything for my grades. Like I wasn't getting better mm-hmm. by doing that. And mm-hmm. I found out later in life, my dad was actually like, "This isn't working," so. Like let's do something different. Mm-hmm. Right, let's let's just be more encouraging. Like he actually, you know, he problem like, solved thought, it. Yeah, thought of himself. He's like, this isn't working. Let's try to be more encouraging, and let's just not yell at him and just see let, what happens. Let him figure out himself, and like yeah. if he fails, like let like teach him. Fine, go down this path, and you're just fucking yourself over. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and they switched to that. It didn't improve my grades much. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, grades aren't everything. But, so, but it did. Uh, it I did give a lot less heartache to my parents than my a lot of my friends. Mm. I wasn't as rebellious, and I naturally. Like I remember in high school, like on, on the weekends, my mm. friends would go out, drink, come home late. All, all our mothers are all calling each other. And they're like, "Oh, is your son home? Is your son home?" Yeah. Right? And everyone's just like partying on a Friday. And like I would just go home. Like I, I, I didn't drink in high school mm. by choice, but I still hung out with all my friends. And and like when I got tired, I was just like. I, I mean, it's still late. It's still like 2 a.m. Mm. I was like, I, I think I'm going to go home now. <laughs> and, and that's when they're all like... Already gone. They're just doing their up. own thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? so yeah, yeah. It's not like a sober me can really have a conversation with anyone anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. And like my friend's parents would call my mom. And my mom's like, yeah, my, my son's home right now. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. where's my kid? Yeah, and... Uh, I do think my parents' decision to do that probably made me rebel less. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had quite... Like, when I hit puberty, my mom hit menopause. Mm. And, I mean, we, we had some, like, like fists out. Like, I'm surprised I never swung at my mom. I was close, dude. Like, we <laughs> we we went Jesus. at it. Yeah, Like, yeah. we... We had those moments and mm-hmm. fights, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that I've experienced similar too. There, because it's like that that Korean rage, man. Like, yeah, there. It's not. It's not built into the culture in terms of mm-hmm. like how to address or process um, emotions. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so like yeah. people find. Um, destructive ways for that shit to manifest so like yeah it's i mean that's interesting that your 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 dad had problem solved his way out of that whole thing and i don't know if there was a perception like did your was your dad like familiar with like western ideology at the time like did he have because my parents had negative sentiments about it that's the reason why i ask it's like um like oh if they just let their kids do whatever they want Right. And, and that's not raising your children. Like that was, that was the, the thought back then. 
So my parents did not have a negative, like view of like Western raising,、mm-hmm. but I mean, to be honest, they didn't necessarily think anything of it. Yeah, but they did understand that my older brother and I were of that culture.、Mm. Like by the time like I moved, because my brother went to college when I moved to Korea, so he didn't move. Korea with us, and so they understood that they can't just shove Korean culture down my throat off the bat. They at least recognize, that. and that's actually why they sent me to foreign school. It, it、mm-hmm. wasn't an elite like we got sent to private school, and that's like the best thing for him. Yeah, I mean, was the there was some of that. Like they could have sent me to a different foreign school. Sure, but they did. They okay. We're gonna try to send them to the best one, reputation wise at the、mm-hmm. time. But it was to help me adjust to Korea. That was the real reason. Yeah. So my dad had negotiated that into his deal with the company, and it was、oh. like, I'm I'm only gonna take this job if you pay for my kids foreign school. Wow, nice. So like they they thought of it that way,、mm-hmm. and and so they didn't try to. They accepted some of my Western mentality,、mm-hmm. and when when it clashed with Korean culture, because you know there's that whole Confucius, extreme Confucius yeah. hierarchy yeah. that exi- exists there that sometimes I'd miss, or like, hey, in these scenarios, you're supposed to act this way、mm-hmm. culturally, like in the room. There's a seating arrangement, for example, right. right? Traditionally, yeah, and they would explain that to me, and they would teach that to me、mm-hmm. to get me to learn. So they were they were pretty good about that.、Mm-hmm. They were pretty good about caring about how I adapt, which which I'm I'm very fortunate, right? I'm very fortunate, yeah, that like, they did that. By the time you and I met when we were in college, I didn't even realize until you had mentioned that you went to an international school. Um, in fact, I still forgot. Like, I don't really think about it until <laughs> until you mention it, and then I'm like,、yeah. "That's right. You like you lived a, a good chunk of your life in in、uh, in Korea."、Mm-hmm. So when you were in, when you came here, then right, like when you came back for like school and all that stuff.、Um, I don't know what your dad does. I don't know what the family does. Was there like ever an expectation of like you to take on like the Like following your family's footsteps, and this is what our family does. Like that whole thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of like a confusion. That's still tied to like that kind of.、Um, yeah. Yeah.、Um, yeah. And and I have an older brother,、mm-hmm. so he got a lot of that, like way more of that than me,、mm-hmm. of course.、Um, especially when I was younger, I used to see so much pressure that they gave my brother. Yeah.、Um, that I actually took it bad as well. When I was when I was this is like early middle school,、mm. I remember I just exploded at my parents. I'm like, you only give a shit about him anyways. You know what I mean? Because、oh, yeah, they have so much that... expectation from him. Right, right, right. And and at the time, I didn't realize. So they raised me a lot more hands off than my brother,、mm. and to me, I took that as not caring. Right. But that was actually a conscious decision that my mom and dad made,、mm-hmm. based on what they believed were 
mistakes they made raising my brother. Sure. And that was also during a time when like how to engage with your children and stuff wasn't really a thing. Like I Yeah, yeah. yeah we're talking about was that like early two thousands, like or uh, no, like nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um and, and of course they were a lot busier. Like my dad was a lot higher up by the time I was older. Mm. So he's a lot more busier at work and all that stuff. So he's he did have less time. But they made he made that you know, he put a lot of pressure on my brother and they still, but he did have expectations of, of me. And, and, and to be honest, did I follow the path that my dad wanted me to mm. in a way? Yeah. Like to this day, did I follow a path I wanted to follow? Like, no, I did not. I, I can confidently say, and mm. I'm still to this day following that path. Knowing that, because I, I I can't I can't reverse course based on what my I have set have set goals for myself now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not he's not his pressure on me is not my driving force anymore. Mm-hmm. But because it used to be and it put me on this path, like I can't. I have set life goals based on this path I'm already on. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, he he put pressure on me and and now my dad, he you know, he owns his own company. He retired a while back. You know, I was born late. Mm. And so my, my parents were pretty like fairly old. And so he retired and started his own company and it's it's doing pretty well now. Um but even now he he hints that he wants me join and and you know be Build part of the, the family dynasty yeah 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 and and i think he knows i don't want to mm-hmm. and i i think he has now recently started planning other things in yeah, case yeah i you know for well if dan's not gonna join maybe i'll do something else for myself like kind of attitude yeah yeah for sure yeah, he, he 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 really did a lot of pressure um but it wasn't like korean drama that they're direct about it yeah like my dad his style was like yeah let me give you some life advice go do this <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do these things yeah, yeah. i learned in life <laughs> that yeah. you know like these are the best decisions like i've learned because i made this decision mm-hmm. i i'm very thankful i chose that and when I made this decision, it was a mistake. So don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. how he's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like that that thing you want to do, you, it's not a good decision. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it's, I mean, I, I think with, especially with the like parents conversation too, it's definitely a different time. And the way that things work nowadays is, more complicated just by virtue of how connected everybody is to each other. So we actually know that there's like so many more possibilities and it's like, you're you're having to make those decisions based on like all of this noise that is going around you. Um, But then also having to, you know, 
honor the needs of the family um yeah. my, my parents did something similar to it and i was like no <laughs> like right in the beginning no and then they they kept on pushing they kept on talking about for like years dude like i'm sure for for you too it was like years <laughs> like uh, well over a decade ever since childhood until at some point they're like you know what uh we're trying this for the last uh, couple of decades it's not working <laughs> so i think i'm just gonna back off here um yeah no, that's funny man like uh so it actually reminds me of a uh, so two stories. This is the this first story is the most direct my dad has ever been to me. Mm -hmm. So my dream was actually to study like religion. Mm -hmm. So probably it, it, like some history major kind of path. Sure, history philosophy. But I was re yeah, mm -hmm. I was really into all sorts of different like mythologies and mm -hmm. religions. I used to like study that for fun when I didn't even like study for school mm -hmm. and I told that to my dad once I'm like I think I know what I, I want to do like I want to be those people on like the history channel you know you know that yeah. guy with the weird hair and he's talking about <laughs> <and> shit <Yeah. laughs> right? it's like, so fascinating how the yeah how the, the, the people have you know just like <laughs> talking it, about some shit that happened and I, I took a religion class in high school mm-hmm and one of my projects, I created a mock documentary like that. Mm. Like I, I made an actual video as my class project. Whoa, that's actually pretty cool. Which was, yeah. As a, which, as a, at that age, yeah. And I got, in my high school, I got a religion award because of that. I think they fucking made that up. That was the first religion award ever. Dude, they and probably I'm not sure never they ever had that. anymore. Yeah, well, they yeah, yeah. never saw that before and was like, this guy's a fucking scholar. Let's let's yeah. give him a, an award. Yeah, they, they fucking gave me an award for that and invited my dad out. And, and I went to him and I was like, I think this is what I want to do. And my dad was like, you know what? You're going to be starving for you the rest of your business? fucking life, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you do business yeah. and you make a lot of money... You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want on the side. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a very familiar. Like I I yeah. I, uh, I relate with that. I like really hard. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, okay, it's hilarious. You can do all the religion you want on the side. <laughs> I was like oh, okay, yeah. And, and and my other story was my dad is so he's an engineer. Mm. Engineer, electrical engineer, all he, and he has his PhD. Mm. So he just oh, all like yeah. hardcore engineer. And he actually, I was like, maybe I should go down the engineering path like you, Dad. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah. He's like, engineer, you have to do business. Mm. Like, there's no money in engineering. I wish I did business sooner. <laughs> like, he, he, so you know th that was. You know, he, he didn't even, it wasn't even like be a doctor. Well, he probably was like, you know, they gave up on my grades. So he's probably like, yeah, he can't be a doctor. They already accepted that. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. So you decided, what, what did you major in when you were in school? Yeah. So I majored in supply chain, um, which uh, was heavily, heavily driven by this pressure my dad gave me got it <laughs> it's like it's like i have to understand yeah, how business operations work 
So I actually, uh, when I set a major going to Michigan State, I I, I chose general management, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck. It's a business degree. Yeah. And then when I got into MSU, it's interesting. They actually really, really pro- push people to go into. So if you're in a business degree, mm-hmm. they surprisingly push you to go into supply chain. Yeah. That's their Michigan State, for the listeners that don't know, Michigan State is always in the top three programs for supply chain in the world. They are in first place often. And they pretty much invented that to be a degree. You know, driven by the automobile industry in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Right, that's really like usually it was industrial engineers that become supply chain people. Yeah, but uh, MSU made the actual program. So when I was there, they were like, "Here are our stats on the percentage of people that get jobs in supply chain after graduating." Mm-hmm. It was like ninety six percent at the time. Yeah, you're guaranteed a job. So I was like, "All right, business degree. <laughs> probably have a job." Yeah, switch my major. To supply chain. Yeah. And that was that. Is that is that what you're doing now? Yeah. And is it my passion? Uh, in a ways, it is now. And I got my master's in supply chain as well at, at USC. And uh, I did that once again because I, I'm not trying to change my career path and my job today is also supply chain related and it's interesting it's an interesting thing am i the most passionate about it um i am passionate but i'm not super passionate (laughs) well i i think one thing that is i guess a differentiator in the way that you're talking about it is that there's this idea that you have to follow there's this idea of quote unquote following your passions but you're telling that to like you know fucking kids and then they and i mean we heard that like nonstop. Yeah. Was just i mean not from our parents but like i heard it from like <laughs> like my parents to like go follow your passion go make money like do that do that yeah, go yeah. go go have a status go make money there's this idea of like following your passion and this whole yeah. thing but you're making a deliberate choice and um Maybe we'll get to get into that as as like a we'll dive deeper into that as a topic because I actually think this is an important conversation that people need to understand. But mm-hmm. you've made a deliberate choice to continue on the path that you're current currently on in your career in mm-hmm. your professional, like kind of corporate life career, to serve some goal, right? Yeah. And how did you get from? So how did you come to that decision? Like, why yeah, is it so, okay for you? Is why do you feel? How are like? Uh, it's not this idea of like following your like passion, but like you seem to be okay with it. Yes. Uh, so I, when I first started working, my first job, I didn't know it was just you know pay the bills, you know, go out on the weekends, and and in a few years I'll I'll figure out what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll probably just keep working, move up, move up the career. And like I said, my parents are, are on the older end. Like I'm seven years apart from my brother. So I was the quote unquote 
gift, <laughs> the the blessing, mm-hmm. child. I guess. Or, like, oh shit, we got the, another one. Yeah. <laughs> or the the one night alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <take. laughs> it's like, yeah, no, you were totally planned, and then like you become an yeah. adult. And you're like, yeah, we never wanted another one, but you were here. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and you were supposed to be a girl. No, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, my dad got sick. Mm. He got sick at one point. And in the back of my mind, I always... I, I, so my dad, w- w- I'd say, was one of somewhat my role models in life. And, mm. and that doesn't mean I like worship him. Like there are things... My dad has done in life that I'm like, well, he's taught me that I don't want to do that. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. he's taught me that as well. But you know, he's definitely someone I look up to you know, in in certain ways. And my dad was he's second second born in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some family drama that happened, where coming from a Korean traditional family, he had to step up and take the role of what it, the eldest son should be doing. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother at the time was out of nowhere, tossed on the street. And so my dad, and he has a ton of siblings. Mm-hmm. So my dad took it upon himself to say, all right, I'm going to take responsibility for mom. And he he actually sat his younger siblings down and said, Look, I'm gonna take care of mom, and you guys, you can chip in whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, and financially, if you can't, that's fine too. I'm gonna take responsibility, but you guys help out, and I'm not gonna have any ill will towards any of you. Mm. And he did that. And this in Korea was when his his uh. It was during this IMF when the economy fell apart in Korea. Yeah. So I had I had you know I had friends in school that were losing like their parents lost their jobs and yeah. they couldn't go to school anymore. They couldn't pay for the school. In an instant, they were no longer classmates. Mm-hmm. And and he did that, and I really res- I really respect that. Mm-hmm. And that taught that that kind of taught me. And you know he he would teach that he would explain to my brother and me, look, I'm doing this because this is the responsibility of of a son. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like America where you have a 401k and you invest in yourself, and when you retire you have money to take care of yourself. In Korea, you you spend every cent on your children. Mm-hmm. When it's over, they have to take care of you. Or you're rude. And that kind of taught me that. I'm, you know, my, my dad lives that way. Like mm-hmm. even now, he had no idea his company would end up where it is today. And does he really need my help? Like at this very moment? Like, no. Fucking weeks makes way more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're doing fine, dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like get your people to he, do it. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need my help. But at that time I was like, okay. Like I'm gonna have to, like my my goal in life is to someday let him retire and take care of him. Mm-hmm. And then he got sick, and I was nowhere in my career be able to have a dependent in my life. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, at that point, my only goal in life is to eventually get to a point where I'm going to take care of my father. And that's all I'm living for. So I'm just doing my thing till I get there. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, he may need that now. Yeah. And I am not in a position to. And it hit me harder than I thought it would. It hit me really hard mm-hmm. because he needed to borrow money from me. My brother was going through some shit. So my brother needed to borrow money from me. And like my dad was like, he was like in the hospital and stuff like that. And I was like, I've, I, I failed in life. Mm. Like that's what I that's I genuinely thought that and I didn't realize it would hurt me that much like I it would impact me that much mm. like I thought I'd probably you know oh I failed that I'll, I'll I'll well this is my new goal in life but it wasn't like I didn't know what to do because I didn't have anything else planned in my life and I I um I struggled really hard and that. And unfortunately, things worked out, and he got better, and things are good now. But that was the moment that decided, okay, my goal in life now is to get to a point where I can be able to provide to my own family and be able to be there for my dad if he needs me. And I'm going to have to get there no matter what. Like that's, that's all I'm thinking about right now mm. is I need to get to a place where I can, and not only financially do that, but even be a better person to do that, whether mm-hmm. it's emotionally, which I'm still working on. And I'm, I'm the least emotional person in my entire family. Like I'm the robot of my family. And, you know, like my mom needed a ton of support at that time. Yeah. And that, so that was the point where I now had this goal and I need to get there as quickly as possible without ruining my own values as a person. Mm -hmm. And I decided, so that's why, that's when I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to take a management path, Mm -hmm. right? If I stay on a technical path. I, I can probably do well, but that's going to be a lot slower. And, and yeah, that's, I know that was, that was kind of a long story, but. No, I mean, it was good context because these are all a lot of things that I didn't know. Right. Like, um, and, and you and I, like we, we talk offline, you know, often. So it's like understanding the purpose behind like why it is that something how it becomes okay right and that resonates with me as well because it was when i started to think about other people in my life Mm -hmm. is when i started to get my shit together so i think there's a lot of validity in what it is that you're talking about and like your course of action just based on what i'm hearing is to serve like some purpose that doesn't, but you, you also mentioned that like you do it 
while honoring your own values. So you did not, you, you've been able to evaluate like what actions that you can take to still honor your values. And that I think also plays into like your, your emotional and mental well-being, right? Because I think when you start to sacrifice those is when, when your mental and emotional start to go as well. So I think it's really good insight because there's the idea that, oh, you should be doing what you're passionate about. And if your passion is to take care of like the people that are around you, then how you get there is a means to doing that. Not so much like your purpose in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the framing of how it is that we've taught when i say we i mean like we as a society or like we as in like a well even korea like as a western influenced society mm -hmm. like heavily nowadays although yeah. it's kind of going the other way around uh, <laughs> uh like uh yeah. pop culture and entertainment wise but um the idea that you have to be doing the like there's this thing that you're meant to be doing and it's like something that's like it's like everybody needs to be like an Elon <laughs> and everybody mm -hmm. needs to make like a Tesla. It's, it's like this, the yeah. scope of, and the weight of that, it, that's what it looks like. But you found something that is as a result of the events in your life or the circumstances in your life to drive the thing that you do and be okay with where, how it is that you're going about doing it. Right. It's still, true to to your values so that's the thing that resonated with me the most is that um i think a lot of us and like we don't see or understand like how it is that people have come to just be okay in some of these situations that we perceive to be like hard situations to be in like you're working a job that you don't love or like you're doing a thing that you it's like it's not as fulfilling as you want it to be and it's like not your passion but then what do you do when you define your passions as like 50 different things and and yeah. there's all of this like people are so distracted yeah, <laughs> yeah um, people exactly. are so distracted by all of this noise of like everything's that we should quote unquote like should be doing mm -hmm. but we never actually took the time to decide and that conscious decision i think is the thing that differentiates like your path um and i don't think there is any wrong path you saw some things that were i think different than what a lot of people tend to focus on which is like themselves but i feel that when we start to focus on the well-being of like the people around us it actually helps level the reason why you're doing stuff. And it seems so true to just like how like human design, right? Like how we're uh, uh, like designed to be in communities and like how we're like wired to be like, if you like look into even just um, any, any, you know, basic overarching like sociology or anything like that, you start to understand like how these things apply. But um, yeah, no, I think that's awesome, man. Like that's, that's a, that's reassuring to hear, right? Is that it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be the next Bezos yeah, or Shatner or exactly. whoever flood into space. Yeah. <laughs> cool. No, know. awesome. Man. I, I don't, don't think... even know if I want to be. Oh well, yeah. I, no, I'm, I, I'm good. You, <laughs> you, you did I'm bring good. up, you know, the, uh, uh, another point that because this is the, decision i made though i stopped focusing on myself completely and 
that was actually not good. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I've at that time, I was dating my current wife, mm-hmm. and her having someone focus on me made this like me be able to successfully do because mm-hmm. I stopped focusing on myself for a while for that period. Because I was so scared of failing again. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and now it's different. But at, at that point, like I, I, I went through a, a pretty rough mental period that I probably only survived because I had someone focusing on me. Mm-hmm. And, and like I think that's really important. And that was a piece... I I didn't understand at that time, but yeah, it's like you do have to also focus on yourself or someone needs to focus on you as well. Yeah. Being completely selfless and it can break you. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. I think that's, it's a, in my mind, it's a side effect of the society that we've built with this whole, you know, the nuclear family ideology, like, you know, the American dream ideology that worked really well in the time that it was <laughs> like the, you know, the, the essentially the boomer generation. Yeah. But then I think what we've, what has happened is that we've diverted away to like, I don't want to say normalize. Normalize doesn't feel like the right word to use here, but the idea that like as if we should all be able to individually accrue all of these different things and now we're moving back and shifting back into this kind of shared program which is more leaning towards like how we've like I mentioned before human design where if there is people around because I will tell you like one of the things that I had noticed as well um through my like once leaving school and going out on my own is that I lost myself in my own insecurities. Like I was afraid that I was going to continue to like what I perceived at the time as like just being a failure. So that resonates with me too, but I was happier when I didn't have um, as much as I did at that time. So whatever I was missing at that moment, and and there was this huge community aspect to this where like, that's where you get the people that do look out for you. Like maybe, and not, not to the same extent as like, you know, your wife, Mm -hmm. right. For you or my wife, for me, um, which I have similar, but different stories, but it's like that having that, 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 that person there, that, that kind of third party perspective of someone being like, Hey, I see you doing this thing. Maybe you should take some time to, you know, do the things that you want or, or like, you know, treat yourself a little bit. Right. Instead of like constantly focusing on everybody else, because now you're, you're going to leave yourself like a husk (laughs) of a human being. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, um, that's a really interesting insight. It's a really good insight to have, I think is to, it's like you hear a lot of the, the tropes of, you know, surround yourself with like uh, people that support you. But I don't think that's and that I when it gets into like the kind of to- toxic positivity type of interpretation of that, like not people who agree with you, people yeah. who support you. Right. Um, exactly. That's important. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really why this 
this podcasting like happened. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, my wife was like, exactly what you just said. Like, you need to do something for yourself. Yeah. You need something that's not work, kids. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Hey, and something so that's fulfilling, right? Yeah. You you need to do something, and and back then, this is like way before, but I think I had reached out to you once. I was like, hey, if you ever want to do podcast or something. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then a couple months passed and then you actually reached back out. I was like, yeah, let's do something. Yeah. And and because, that's how this. Yeah. And I don't think real. it was a couple months. It was like, it was like a year and a few months later oh, where I was like, yeah. you know what? It's, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we're, yeah. we're a good almost hour in. Um, yeah. No, that was a that was a great share, man. Like I, it's it's nice to hear. Uh, well, I mean, for me too. Just we we all experience like a lot of these gaps of it's almost mentoring mm-hmm. that we've kind of lost in the way that the world is these days. And when I say it's like, um, there's so much to know. There's a lot of noise and. Um, and as a result of that, we tend to close ourselves off or like hyper focus on a thing um, without really considering like the bigger picture. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good to good to um, hear this stuff, and yeah, happy to share it with like other people too. So it's awesome. Appreciate yeah, you sharing the thanks. story. Yeah, and thanks for uh, chatting it out with me. There aren't many people I told this story to. Yeah, now everybody's gonna hear it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows. No, but yeah. that's it's it's really an inspiring. I, I think it's a really inspiring one. I think it's it's the one that a lot of people don't get to see because it's the stuff you don't see, you're not glorified on TV. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's real shit. So cool. All right, all right, man. All right, thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening to that episode. You can find Dan on Instagram at Dan is distracted. Stay tuned for future episodes and we will talk to y'all again next time.